This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. To the cheeseheads who want it fresh... And the ones who think Lambeau is a cathedral. This is Pax What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney. Welcome back to another episode of the Pax What She Said podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined as always by Perry Goldstein. Short episode on deck this week because we have a huge episode coming next week looking at all of the sights and sounds from the NFL Combine, but since it is still taking place, the defensive line and rush edge rushers are literally doing their drills as we record this. We wanted to wait and talk about all of that in its conclusion when the entire Combine has ended. So really big show coming next week, one we're really excited about. Love this time of year. But this week, wanted to talk about Brian Gutekunst's comments from the Combine, what the general manager is thinking and feeling now that he has a new defensive coordinator. Um a higher cap space to work with across the league. And uh, then we'll dive into the Preston Smith restructure. But first, period. I'm good. Um, we're f- into the off season. We've officially passed, I think, the dry period of the off season, which is crazy post, you know, I feel like that extra week really changes things. Um, <laughs> of football, you know, so we're, we're post Super Bowl. We're officially into the combine and now we're getting into the good stuff. We've got, combine we've got draft and we've got get to talk about all the players after the Packers take them and then all of a sudden we'll find ourselves with rookie mini camps and then back at training camp so we did it guys <laughs> we made it through football season <laughs> with no football content we're here and I mean this will end right the combine will end and then like two weeks later free agency will start and that'll take us you know a couple weeks so yeah really a lot of exciting things coming you said it so we obviously got to hear from Brian Gutekunst this week when he met with Packers media at the Combine and Indy talking about 
you know, how excited he is to take more swings at it. We know that a lot of discussion obviously has circulated around his 2023 class and how productive they look going into year two. So what were some initial takeaways, I guess, that you had from him or anything that stood out to you that you were impressed by questioning, you know, things you wish you would have elaborated on? Mm. I mean, it was short, right? It was only 15 yeah. minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, you always wish you get more time with him. Um, I find Brian like just a really interesting guy, you know, he's so steady and stoic. Um, you know, he's such a football dude. I mean, you have to be, to be a football GM, but he is quite cerebral, I think in comparison to some other GMs. I don't know if you feel that way as well, but, um, I think the one comment that like really stuck with me after I finished listening that I have been thinking about is when they asked about cognitive testing. And I know that this has been like a conversation ever since, you know, naturally with CJ Stroud, you know, he didn't test well. And then obviously he went out and just won rookie of the year, blah, blah, blah. But like, we're going to be asking ourselves, you know, whether, and we have been for a number of years now, whether these cognitive tests mean anything but I really appreciated Brian's answer around mm -hmm. cognitive testing and how they actually utilize them in Green Bay because I had never thought about it really and I'd never thought that maybe teams use them in different ways like view them differently and the fact that you know he was saying that it's more about taking them and seeing how they can utilize that player in the right way so like to him it's not about weeding a player out and using the cognitive test to see if they're going to take them or not but it's a matter of like even if the player doesn't take the cognitive test before they get drafted having them take the test once they're in green bay so that they can figure out how best to use them once they have them in the building which i think is such a really positive way to view that test. And I'm not sure I've heard anyone talk about it in that way before. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it is really interesting because obviously we hear a lot about like the wonder lick and you have players like, um, holy cow, why all of a sudden can I not think of his name? Um, quarterback went to Harvard, Fitzpatrick. Oh yeah. Fitzpatrick. You, so, yeah. So like you, you have all these players who have like a pedigree and your luck, they go to certain colleges, you expect them to test very highly. So it is interesting to hear, you know, some of the cognitive testing that goes on kind of behind the scenes, because I didn't really realize it was a thing that a lot of players really necessarily did going into the combine and that process, mm -hmm. the draft process up until, you know, the CJ Stroud thing kind of blew up and they talked about the way that he tested poorly. So yeah. I agree with you. I thought that that was a really interesting response from Goody. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I think the rest of it was pretty expected obviously you know he spoke a lot about Jordan and how proud he was of him and you know we're all expecting the contract extension to or you know new contract whatever it is they decide to do with Jordan to come this offseason and um I did I think one thing I really wanted to talk to you about which um I thought of you during these comments was um the idea around like player competition and how mm -hmm. getting a ton of competition in every single room like he really learned this past season, especially, I mean, he called out the 2023 season as like, he felt like all of that competition in every room really accelerated player growth. And that's something that he's going to like look to do in the future. Um, and I don't think, I mean, you know, 
obviously everyone in the media tried to get him to pinpoint like certain positions where he's like going to be focusing on. He obviously is like, mm-hmm. we're going to get competition and everyone, you know, very GM speak, but like he meant it really more as like a, you know, you could see, especially in like some of the young in the tight end room in the wide receiver room is like a very healthy level of competition. Everyone knowing that the guys around you can make plays. And I think it, he felt like it accelerated everyone's growth a lot faster than potentially in years past. And I thought that was like a really interesting, like retrospective takeaway that he had from the season. He's, he's correct. Yeah. I mean, I think there's like a, there's also a kind of a different roster approach, I think, depending on the structure of your roster in general. Like we talked about with Aaron Rodgers, right? And the acclimation period that a lot of young receivers didn't necessarily play or get too many snaps with Rodgers. They were always with, you know, the scout team quarterback. And if Rodgers maybe saw something in them, like we heard with the Al Lazard stuff, then he mm-hmm. would want them to get more looks with the one. So I thought it was interesting, too, to hear him say that because Jordan Love was young and unproven. And it was kind of like, well let's just throw all these guys at it and see what happens. And it very much was a trial by fire, but all of them rose to the occasion. And I think they did so as a unit to the point that now we're really excited to see all of the ways that they can take these jumps into year two or, you know, year three for like Dobbs and Watson. But yeah, I thought that was like a really interesting piece about just the competition and kind of what you can garner from young players, because all of us are looking at all the free agents that are available and potentially the Packers pick up one or two, but it definitely sounds like there's areas on the roster that they're just going to bring in a bunch of players and say, all right, you know, we'll see what happens. It'll sort itself out in camp. Right. Like just throw everything at the wall and let like the natural competitive nature of these players play itself out, you know, and see who comes out on top, which I think is like an interesting tactic. Um, But I'm glad you brought up cap. Um, and draft and free agency, because obviously that was asked about a ton. You know, we got the new cap numbers for the season there. You know, every obviously everything went up as we expected it to. Um, the Packers are going to have a little bit more wiggle room. Now um, we're going to get to some of the restructures that have already happened. And, you know, maybe we'll do an episode um, around ones that will continue to happen and or ones we think will happen. But um they have a lot of flexibility and that's something Brian brought up a ton, which is they have not only flexibility in cap space in terms of more money now for free agency, but he also brought up um, utilizing draft capital in free agency, which I found really interesting and noteworthy. Um, That's not really something we've seen them do in the past. And I don't know if he's just like, speaking to speak in terms of like here are all the options that we have and it may not necessarily be something that they utilize but I did find it noteworthy that he mentioned you know utilizing their draft capital because they do have 11 picks I mean they have a lot of draft capital to spend yeah yeah and I mean I think kind of what we've seen Goody do in the past is the opposite right like mm-hmm. trades Rasul Douglas to acquire more capital and we know how he feels and he jokes all the time about you know all of the picks and getting a certain number inside, you know, the top 100 and using those picks as leverage to be able to trade up, trade down the board. Like we always joke, right. When we do our mock draft show that he's never really picking where we think he's picking, like he might own pick 25, but there's a good chance he's picking in the late teens, you know, potentially trading into the early second round. Like he doesn't normally hang on to his picks and picks exactly where he has them. So I did think that was really interesting to think like, okay, maybe they think they're closer 
or as they should, you know, he mentioned the team having Super Bowl aspirations. So I think that's a big part of it is you might not need 11 swings at the fence. You might just need five guys and a couple free agents that you can walk away with instead. Like if they're ready to win now, trading picks also gives them that opportunity. Right. Especially if he thinks there is a free agent or two out there that gets them where they want to go. And, you know, it means trading a third and a fourth this season on draft day. Right. Or, you know, he's assessing the board and they feel like, you know, day one and the beginning of day two are going really well for them. They got their top guys off the board and he's like, all right, now let's go get one of the top safeties or let's go and get a linebacker, you know, in, in free agency instead of taking someone later on day two or day three. I don't know. It's, he has always been, I think, creative, right? He stays within the parameters of what the Packers like to do, right? There are very clear, and we've talked about it a ton. If you've listened to our off season content, the last few seasons, like there are very clear Packers types and does stay within the, RAS score types. Um, he stays within, you know, like the places in which they place value within the draft when it comes to player positions. But he has been known to stray ever so slightly out <laughs> of the ben Thompson, you know, Ron Wolf parameters. You know, Jair being a perfect example of being like slightly undersized corner, right? That draft was a little odd. He traded back with the Saints and acquired an additional pick. You know, he he has been creative. He moves around the board, like you mentioned. So um, who knows what Goot has in store for this draft? Um, I feel like it is always an aforementioned surprise what he pulls yeah. out. Um, but I have to say, this is this is the time of year where I feel like he shines. Um, Absolutely. He finds his drafts have been fantastic. They have, I mean, I don't know. Pe- people have their thoughts. I think the last few drafts have been, the last two in particular, have been fantastic. Um, and he certainly has found some pretty um, – impactful free agents um one of which we're gonna get to now actually i think unless you have some final thoughts on his pressers but um you know preston is going on year six and he you know you don't always get year six with a free agent that you signed i mean i think that's really pretty remarkable um i saw that, that that this is year six second contract i think too from a free agent um, post free agent signing, right? So they signed him and now this is the second re, you know, they extended him and now a restructure with Preston. So pretty remarkable, um, what he's been able to on top of obviously finding undrafted talent, um, practice squad pickups, all the things Goot's been able to do. So this, like I said, this is his, this is where Goot, Goot starts to flex. Yeah. So I do want to, talk about the Preston stuff, but just really quickly, the last thing I was going to say about the Goody Presser, I thought it was really interesting to hear him talk specifically about how much he values versatility in his DB group and how he talked Mm -hmm. about like in a perfect world for him, he would want his two safeties and his nickel to be interchangeable. 
like he wants to be able to play them anywhere because he doesn't want opposing offenses to be able to get a read on, oh, well, you know, Savage is in, so that means they must be doing X. And I thought that was really interesting because we've talked about the increasing value of the nickel position and how that's one thing we're not entirely sold on the Packers have going into this draft. So to hear him say, like, we're not really looking for, like, a post safety and a box safety and a nickel. Like, we want guys who can do it all. You hear that and you're like, yeah, well, duh, that seems obvious. But to hear him actually say it and address it, I thought was really telling because that also might kind of address some of the deficiencies that they think they have in the room now. And maybe they don't think that the guys that they do have can be in those versatile roles. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think everyone has our eye on that room um, and just like the DBs in general. I think also, especially given just like the DBs coming into this draft and how many there are, how many talented DBs there are and how many, like you said, versatile DBs there are. I mean, he's going to have options um, between free agency and, and this draft and also now a new defensive coordinator um, just to wrap up this presser. I mean, he was asked obviously a ton about Jeff Halfley, who I'm learning now everyone calls coach half. Um, (laughs) How we refer to him as half. Um, But just I think they seem a little bit more aligned as well in what they're looking for. The player types, I mean, Halfley has also talked about versatility in that same vein in terms of player types and also the ability to move around and do different things within his scheme. So it's really nice to hear um similar verbiage coming from GM and defensive coordinator. Cause I think that's something that you and I have talked about a lot as being feeling like there's been a disconnect between mm-hmm. where Goot likes to draft, what type of players he likes to draft and, you know, what the scheme and the coaching um, are doing and using them. Um, so it seems the alignment there is nice. Yeah, for sure. And I'm I'm glad you brought that up too, because I think it's, you know, it's really easy to say like, oh, Goot has a type and like Joe Barry had a type and Mike Pettin had a type and how they use their guys. Like it definitely seems like uh, Brian realizes, you know, what coach half is interested in and sees that and is like, okay, I think there's a lot of versatility there to make those things work, especially given the number of picks they have. So When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's segue, like you said, talk about Preston Smith. And I think it is, one, super impactful. I don't think you get too many contracts uh, going into year six on a free agent. But I wish we could go back in time and look at our reactions to all of the signings, right? Because I know that 2019 free agency was loaded. Zadarius Smith, Adrian Amos, Billy Turner. And Zadarius Smith at the time felt like the impact signing. Mm -hmm. And Preston was kind of like the Robin to the Batman. And that first season, Preston played really, really well, but it was kind of undershadowed, or I should say overshadowed by Zedarius because he was always like boisterous and loud. And he had the bigger personality in the locker room. Then, of course, we see him leave. 
and Preston is still just old reliable. He's the last one left, obviously. Amos left, Billy Turner left. So I think that's just really telling, too, is that, you know, it wasn't necessarily the splashiest addition when it was made because I think it got overlooked by some of the other yeah. names that came in. But just from the very beginning, he's been, he's missed what, like one game in those six seasons, too? Like, it's just ridiculous. He has been so reliable. I'm so glad you mentioned that because he is like, the picture of consistency. I mean, he definitely had a down season. I know like there's, you know, kind of the running joke of him kind of going up and down on off, you know, even in odd seasons and things of that nature. But in the grand scheme of things, Preston has been an anchor on Mm -hmm. this defense, especially as that kind of edge two. Um, obviously you mentioned it with Zedarius being the star and now with Rashawn Gary being the star and, um, it cannot be, I think, overstated how necessary he has been Mm -hmm. in this defense, how well he sets the edge, um, how important he's been in this transitional period to this new team, essentially from a leadership perspective. I mean, you could see it this past season, um, just the vet presence that he brings as well. Um, I know he's not on the offensive side of the ball, but um, if you watch any of the Packers, like little Instagram videos or some of the things that they post um, on social media, everyone is always talking about Preston, Um, always mentioning Preston. And even if it's in like a joking, jovial way about his style or Mm -hmm. things of that nature, like, he is clearly a presence and I'm glad you mentioned the personality thing because, you know, sometimes that big boisterous personality can overshadow you and overshadow anyone. And you kind of think of that person as a leader, but really it's the person who is steady and consistent and reliable. Right. And that has been, that has been Preston, I think for the last six years, six years, like for any NFL player to stick <laughs> with a team is a long time. And it's longer is, than most players are even in the NFL. Exactly. Like. <laughs> and this, this is stint number two for Preston, right? He came from Washington and like, that was his first go. Um, and he was a very good, consistent player on a very good, I mean, Washington has always had a very good defensive line. So for him to have like, I don't want to call it a second win because he was still very young. And this, that was like his big splash free agent signing after his first contract. But like he's had a very, very successful career in Green Bay. Absolutely. And I think too about like Aaron Rodgers saying that he was one of the quieter leaders. Like he presents in the media as maybe a more reserved player, but you said it, the locker room, like he's indispensable. And I think we saw that too. Like he has always been the band-aid for an edge unit that otherwise would have just completely fallen apart, right? They lost Darius Smith in 2020, and he's reliable. They lost Rashawn Gary, and mm-hmm. he's, you know, Mr. Consistent. And I, I was just curious, so I pulled up his numbers. He's only had two seasons, one with Green Bay, or no, three seasons, two with Washington, one season in Green Bay with less than eight sacks. That 2020 season, he had four sacks, but every other year he's had at least eight. And then, of course, when he signed in 2019, it was his career best with 12 sacks. Like, even this past season, he had eight, and it was still, like, a quote-unquote, like, down year as far as productivity. Pressures were there, and I know pressures mean a lot more than sacks in the grand scheme of things, but, like, just Mm -hmm. looking at the impact that he has on the field. And 
what he's going to be called on again, right? Like Rashawn Gary still trending in the right direction, coming back from the ACL should have a quicker start to the season, but no JJ Nagbari this year, Lucas Van Ness going into a second season. We don't know how many snaps he's going to get. Like a lot of the weight of this defensive front, especially potentially looking at switching to a four, three base is going to be on Preston Smith. Like he's going to be wearing many, many hats as we get into the beginning of the season. Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, I was definitely on the fence about them bringing him back. I just didn't know, especially with the new coordinator, how they felt about him. And obviously age always factors into it and cap space, et cetera. But um, I completely agree with you. I mean, I think that room needs him. I think this defense needs him. Um, They need his productivity and, um, it was just a good move all around. I mean, especially seeing the numbers too. I mean, they, so we can, I mean, just quickly, like they created 2.4 million in cap space in this restructure, which like is not nothing, but it's not incredible. But I graph picks maybe like, I mean, and even just, I mean, you start stacking these 2.4 millions, all of a sudden you have, you know, enough to go sign like, Mm -hmm a vet to a one year, like $8 million, you know, that's not nothing. Um, he also, he turns 32 next season. So he's not young. Right. Um, he was originally going to make 12.4 in 2024, which is, is pretty high. Um, they cut that down to 10. So still a nice number, but I also think that's very in line with where he should be. Like you mentioned with his sack numbers and his production. Um, it does suggest he took a pay cut, which I find really interesting because, I mean, it's just this, we're just speculating here, but like, just to say, like, I want to stay in Green Bay, like, mm-hmm. that's really nice. Um, they did convert some of that salary. We talked about this pre-show. They did convert some of his salary into incentives, which is really awesome. So he can actually earn up to $4 million in incentives. Um So again, like I love an incentive deal because that's win-win for everyone, right? You produce more on the field. Great for the team. Great for you. Go make your money. Everybody's happy. Win-win. So that's, that's everything. He's going to get 5.4 million in a roster bonus um, in March. Um, So I think that's probably why they wanted to do this restructure before that hit. Um, But I think it's just it just makes a ton of sense and a little bit of wiggle room here. Yeah, it's and I mean, you said it, these little tiny restructures, there's going to be more coming. I think potentially we'll see maybe some releases. I'm not entirely sure. Like, I'm I'm not like we talked about Devondre Campbell potentially being an option. So the Packers have enough room to be comfortable. I think Mm -hmm. they'll free up some money where they can here as well. But yeah, Preston really just gets the nod as being one of the most consistent, reliable players. And it's been so fun to see him in the green and gold, right? Like, I I go back to when he was signed. It was like, oh, the Smith bros. Like, this is fun. Like, I even have a t-shirt, or I had a t-shirt. I don't know if I still have it. That was them as Mario and Luigi. And it was like, oh, well, you know, Preston's taller, so he's Luigi. And he's just gotten to shine the entire time and very deserving of the restructure, I think. I think saying he retires with Green Bay is not, you know, necessarily surprising, but no, I feel that way too now after this restructure cuz his his contract runs through 2026 now. Yeah. 
Any final thoughts before we wrap this one up? We said it was going to be like 15 minutes and here we are at the 25 minute mark, which is our MO. Always. Um, no, I mean, like you said at the top of the show, we will be coming back next week with a with a full combine recap. So wanted to let all the players shine this week and let us, you know, get to know them a little bit more before talking about it. But everyone is in indie right now, and I'm really excited to um, see what comes out of it. I finally started all of my draft studies. So <laughs> some early draft um crushes forming um they're obviously all dbs and uh yeah i'm excited to have preston back um i i think this is a great deal for everyone and uh we'll see what happens at the combine awesome well like you said we'll be back next week really really excited to talk about the combine absolutely love draft season it is always so exciting to see new players that we fall in love with and then end up wearing like navy and orange or something like that but hopefully that's not the case um jaquan brisker i'm looking at you bud but thank you as always for listening to the show you can find us on the audio format anywhere you find your favorite podcasts in video format find us right here on youtube please make sure you like and subscribe if you don't already to the channel you can find the podcast on twitter at pwss podcast perry on twitter at perry underscore goldstein me on twitter at maggie j loney can't wait to dig into the draft even further and potentially look at some free agents in the coming weeks lots of fun football things coming but that's all the time we have for today thank you and go pack go go pack go